All right, what's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? Uh, my name is Michael Burrow Sr., and welcome to the Good Father Brand Podcast. I know that I am recording at home, which is, you know, it's a little, it's new. So this is going to be on YouTube, and also the audio version will be posted on Anchor, um, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. So this will be the YouTube version of it, but I will make this an audio version also. So let's keep that in mind. Um, as you see, this is another week of the Good Father Brand Podcast. So without further ado, I'm going to get started. So if you don't know what the Good Father Brand Podcast is about, this podcast is about fatherhood, about education, about different things that pretty much of what I come to mind, but it will center around education, fatherhood, politics, history, maybe slide relationships in for a time or two. So it's going to be a variety of things to educate your mind and to give you a perspective about certain things. So this is pretty much what this podcast is about. So without further ado, let me go ahead and get started. So um, if you don't know who I am, like I said before, my name is Michael Broom Senior. Um, what I do for a living, I am a middle school teacher. I'm a middle school teacher, and I'm also a um, basketball coach. And I'm a dad. Those are my big three. So I'm a, you know, I'm a teacher, a basketball coach, and I am a dad. So a lot of things that I talk about usually center around one of those three things. A lot of times it could be three things simultaneously, but it's going to center around those three things, which is fatherhood, sports, and education. So keep that in mind. Um, also, I'd like to say, if you are listening to the podcast, whether through YouTube or um, if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, I want to appreciate and thank you for listening in. I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening to the perspectives that I have and the things that I think about. So let me go ahead and get things started. All right, so what I'm going to talk about for this episode, I believe this is episode 40. I can't believe I got, you know, it's episode 40. I'm 40 episodes in. So 40th episode is I'm going to talk about homeschooling. Um, this is a topic that, is increased in conversation over the last few years. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about homeschooling, the benefits of homeschooling. Maybe you may be thinking about some cons about pro school or uh, homeschooling. I know homeschooling is something that people don't that I mean it's being talked about more and more, but you may not think it has a viable option for you. So this is what I'm going to talk about is regards to having a having homeschool homeschool is a thing that is talked about very recently especially in uh, especially in certain communities certain communities talk about it more but I'm gonna give you a quick history lesson of how homeschool started so there was homeschool homeschools didn't become the topic of conversation and homeschool really wasn't blown up until the 50s and 60s. So the reason why homeschools really started was because of the separation of church and state. When separation of church and state happened, 
more often, especially during the 50s and 60s, especially during the 60s. Basically, a lot of schools took prayer out of the classroom. That was the separation of church and state. So they basically took prayers out of the classroom. That was the biggest thing about during the 60s that they happened. That was one thing. So the other part is that, um, you know, a lot of integration happened due to the Brown versus Board of Education. And the Brown versus Board of Education, you know, um, that pretty much desegregated the school system. And since the school system got desegregated, there was a lot of forced integration of black and white and brown people into one school. So a lot of conservative white people did not like the fact that they had to integrate their children with black kids. And, you know, it's a lot of variety of racist reasons of why they did what they what they did. We know that, you know, and I'm not saying this is all white people, but the numbers is pretty high. You know, numbers is pretty high of how they feel about us. You know, typically they feel like you know, a lot of them feel like they better than us. A lot of them feel like they're smarter than us. They feel like they are. They don't belong in the same circles or we shouldn't belong in the same circles as them. So that was really, you know, their main arguments of se separating the races in regards to education. And, you know, if we go back further in history of Plessy versus Ferguson in 1896, I believe it was 1896, 1896, 1897, but I believe it was 1896, uh, Plessy versus Ferguson, they created the coined term separate but equal. And we heard, and you know, that pretty much set the stage for the next 80 years of segregation of the school, the school system. And we realized it wasn't separate. It was separate, but it wasn't equal. It wasn't equal at all. And the reason it wasn't equal at all is because you spent more towards a white student than a black student. I know part of the Brown versus Board of Education um, if y'all don't know that Brown versus Board of Education is more than just one isolated incident. It was a combination of incidents that happened in America. And one case of Brown versus Board of Education was actually in the state of South Carolina, my home state. It was a, a case in there that white students were getting paid for every white student. It was almost $10 per white student. But for a black student, it was like a dollar or less. So white students in certain school districts getting paid per student almost 10 times as much as a black student. So think about it. Is that really equal? I'm going to assume that you believe that that's not equal. That's not equal at all. So that was one of many cases of the Brown versus Board of Education, that things were not Things were not equal. And so that paid the way for desegregating the school system. But anyways, those were the two reasons of why a lot the first wave of homeschooling started due to those two incidents. So conservative white people were the ones that homeschooled their children first because they felt like prayer was gone from the classroom and that was going to affect their Christian based children. And also they didn't want to integrate their children into school districts that have black and brown people in it. So those are the two reasons. But 
That was back in the 60s. Um, another, uh, the reason I found this stuff out was because if you don't know, I'm currently in graduate school and they be I had to basically research the topic of my choice and homeschooling and the public school system was a very interesting topic. Um, it was one point that I actually wanted my children to be, to go to private or to we homeschool. And my reasoning may be a little bit different than normal. Um, the reason why I was considering is because from a knowledge and racial reason that I know that my children, since my children are black, they may not get an adequate level of education for one, certain things in history is very distorted. We know that for sure. Another part is that I don't want my children biased due to the color of their skin. So I wanted to send my kids to either private school or to homeschool because the public school system is a very flawed system. And I'm telling you this from a perspective of being a school teacher, of being a public school teacher. The system, it, this public school system is very flawed. Now, I'm trying to infiltrate and to do the best I can with the students that I have, but the system is not perfect. No system is perfect. But if it's flawed to the point that you're creating more or the school to prison pipeline and you're creating more students that fall through the cracks than students that do well, it is a very flawed system. So that was my main reason for wanting to homeschool and or send my children to private school because I felt like with public school, unfortunately, of what I'm noticing, and even though my clinical work when I was in college, when I was an undergrad, a lot of it, I've seen this also, that most of these students honestly just don't care. They don't care that they go have to go to school. They don't care about learning. They don't want to learn. They're not inspired to learn. And I'm not saying that they're failures or they can't learn. It's just that the, their ability to learn, their angst, the way they should learn or the way they, you know, I'm trying to put my, put, put into the best words that the most able way for them to learn, they don't want to do it. And a lot of times environment plays a part in that also environment may play a part in that. And so that's something that I really wanted to concentrate on and to infiltrate and to create that change. But, you know, a lot of teachers, we go into the profession, try to save the world. And that's not realistic. We can't save the world. We can't save what, you know, we can't save everybody. We can't save every student. And due to the flawed system of public education, plays a part into it. So I did a little bit of research and for people that are interested or thought about homeschooling, I want you to keep this stuff in mind. So look at my phone. So I can look this up for you because you know phone is access to everything. So it says, you know, I'm gonna do general facts, statistics, and trends. So there are 3.7 million homeschool students in the 2020-21 school year in grades K through 12 in the United States. So I'm giving you stuff that they shown for last school year. You know, this school year is 21-22. So this is in 2021. All right. So 
that basically about school-age children. This is like 67% of all students in the nation. There were about 2.5 million homeschool students in spring of 2019, and the whole school population had been growing at an estimated 2% to 8% per year over the past several years, but it grew drastically from 1920 to 2021. And we know that's the main reason that is really because of COVID. COVID-19 and virtual learning and all of that stuff, that really changed the game when it came to homeschooling. It's like if I'm doing all this virtual learning and I'm teaching my child at home and especially if they're improving and they're doing well, what's the point of taking them back? And I know last year we did a lot of hybrid studying, I mean, hybrid learning, and some kids gradually went back to the classroom. And I mean, it was a lot of benefits from that. But some students stay home all last year. All last year they stay home. So there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. But I'm just giving you um, just a few information in regards to homeschooling. And now, if you don't know what homeschooling is, homeschooling is parent-led, home-based education. It is an age-old traditional education practice that a decade ago appeared to be cutting-edge and alternative, but is now bordering on mainstream in the U.S. And if you don't want, if you want to know what this website is, is the um, the National Home Education Research Institute. This is the website that I'm looking on, um, and it's considered the fastest-growing form of education in the United States. Now, home-based education is also around the world, also has been growing. And for examples, other countries that are have uh, that have been growing around the world is Australia, Canada, France, um, Hungary, Japan, Kenya, Russia, Mexico, South Korea, Thailand, and the United Kingdom. Now, um, this is a uh, now they're going to a little bit of demographics. A demographically wide variety of people homeschooled. There are atheists, Christians, Mormons, conservatives, libertarians, and liberals, low, middle, and high income families, black, Hispanic, and white, parents with PhDs, GEDs, and no high school diplomas. So this shows you that it's not a specific demographic that are homeschooling their children now. It's a variety. You got people that are atheists, people that are Christian, people that are Mormon, people that are practicing any other religious faction. People that are, you know, middle class, low class, PhD, no, um, didn't even graduate high school. Someone that got a GED, someone that got a little bit of college education. Those are the people that are homeschooling their children. So it doesn't, it doesn't show that, you know, you have to have a PhD or a master's degree or a degree period in order to homeschool your children. You can do it with no degree. You can do it well the way it says on here. You don't even have to have a high school diploma to even teach or to homeschool your child. So don't think it's because of a certain demographic or you have to be rich to homeschool. It's the low income is doing it too. All right, so um, this is going to talk about taxpayers. Taxpayers spend an average of fifteen thousand two hundred and forty dollars per pupil annually and annually in public schools. It's a big jump from the fifties and sixties. I was telling you guys earlier about the Brown vs. Board of Education, $10 per child was considered big at that time. Now it's 15240 Shows you how much times have changed. Today's roughly 4.5 million homeschool students representing savings of over $68 billion for taxpayers. That's a savings. So basically, if you homeschool your child, you're saving money. That's basically what they're telling you. You're saving money. You save money by homeschooling. 
This is $68 billion that American taxpayers do not have to spend. If you do not know that you're paying per child, it is your taxpayer dollars that are paying for a child's education publicly. Public education, you are paying for that. Taxpayers, you're paying your taxes. Average taxpayer, which is pretty much all of us within the country, you are, and I'll repeat, you are paying that child to be publicly educated. Any any child that's in public education, you're paying for. Okay, so taxpayers spend nothing on the vast majority of homeschool students, while homeschool families spend an average of $600 per student annually for their education. Families engaged in home-based education are not dependent on public tax-funded resources for their children's education. So pretty much homeschool students, uh, their parents pay for everything. And it's $600, different from $15,240 on average. So it's a bit crazy. So homeschool students, you pretty much have to get everything provided for you by your parents. And it's a lot cheaper and you don't have to use taxpayer dollars for, well, Taxpayers won't spend their money for homeschool students. It's only for public school. Um, it says that homeschooling is growing quickly, growing in popularity among minorities. About forty-one percent of homeschool families are non-white, non-Hispanic. So this goes to you know black people, African Americans, how you want to label yourself these days. Um, the Latino, Hispanic, um, Asian. Um, those those fields are the ones that are growing within minority households. Um, now, I'm going to tell you about the reasons, according to the website, the reasons and motivations for home educating. Um, most parents and youth decide to homeschool for more than a reason. The most common reasons given for homeschooling are the following. Customize or individualize the curriculum and learning environment for each child. Now, okay, let me break that down real quick. So they're customizing for each child, right? So I'm going to tell you what happens to public education. I'm speaking from personal experience as a teacher. I teach normally an average of 30 students per class. I am one teacher. Do you think me as one teacher able to give all of my attention and completely help every single student in that class if it's 30 of them? You have, I don't know why I wait. No, I can't. It's not possible. Yes, I do the best that I can. Because I, I love my profession. I love my profession of being an educator. But it is almost impossible to fully give attention to all 30 students per class. 30 at one time. So in public education, the student to teacher ratio is very high. I know so I got 30 kids, average of 30 kids per class. That's too high for one teacher. And then they won't give us substitute, I mean, not substitute. They won't give us um, a TA. They won't give us a teacher's assistant. They won't give us a, you know, an assistant to help us out in class so that they can maybe concentrate and help out some of the students that may be struggling. They can help out the students that are doing well. And so, you know, it could be a partner system that can be helped. So it's just a thought that, you know, that will be, that, that will be appreciated if that happened. Um, Another reason is accomplished more academically than in schools. Um, use pedagogical approaches other than those typical in institutional schools. Enhance family relationships between children and parents and among siblings. 
provide guided and recent social interaction with youth, peers, and adults. Provide a safer environment for children and youth because of physical violence, drugs and alcohol, physiological abuse, racism, and improperly and unhealthy sexuality associated with institutional schools and as an alternative education approach from private or public public or private institutional schools are closed due to acute health situations such as related to disease, like what happened with COVID last year. So it's an alternate approach. Protect minority children from minority children from racism and public schools of lower expectation of children of color. Now that is something that I would homeschool my child for because you want to protect your children. Now that has a layer to it because you're like, okay, well, you can't shelter them forever, but shoot, you can shelter them as long as possible. You can do it as long as possible. Yeah, protecting minority children from racism because unfortunately, being a student in public education and being a teacher in public education, racism is in the light. You see it. From, I saw it from both experiences. I'm seeing it as a teacher. I'm seeing other teachers do racist stuff. And it's very like, you know, covert. It's very covert. It's not like it's not like be obvious. But I know the racist innuendos. I know the the gaslighting, racist gaslighting that happens. And it's usually from teacher to these black students, black male students, especially. It happens a whole lot. And that's why I created a mentor program so that they can have a voice. But we can talk about that at a, at a different podcast. I'm going to go back to the homeschooling. Last part, teach and impart a particular set of values, beliefs, and worldview to children and youth. Now, this is for people that have a religious preference and they feel like they're not going to get that in the schools or that they have a certain spirituality system that may be different than what school may teach. And you don't want your child easily influenced to go into other religious factions or different spiritual systems that you teach at home. So to alleviate confusion of the child, you may just homeschool. It's a preference. Okay, so let's go to academic performance. Now, this is considered a pro for homeschool. The home educated, the home educated typically score 15 to 30 percentile points above public school students on standardized academic achievement tests. Now, the public school average is the 50th percentile, 50th percentile of public schools. That's on average. So they're 15 to 30 percentile points above. So which means homeschool students are 60, which means on average, they'll be on the 65th to 80th, 80th percentile in standardized scores. Now, standardized scores is gonna help you get to college or get accepted to a college of your choice. Ooh, excuse me. And also it may ups your chances of getting a college scholarship. So according to this, homeschool students have higher test scores than public school students. Um, it also says that 78% of peer review studies on academic achievements, so homeschool students perform statistically significantly better than the institutional schools. So they're basically saying their academic performance is better, 78%. That's very high. That's very high for a complete turnaround. That's a complete difference. Um, homeschool students score above average on achievement tests, regardless of their parents' level of formal education or their family's household income. Now that is interesting. You would think homeschool students 
come from a product of PhD or master's degree or very educated people. But they saying no matter what the educational status is, they still perform higher than the public school students. They still perform higher. So I, I thought that was very interesting. Very interesting that they have that on there. Um, whether homeschool students, parent, homeschool parents were never certified teachers is not related to their children's academic achievement. So they don't have to be certified. Uh, if you're a parent and you're homeschooling, consider homeschooling a child, if you're not a certified teacher, they're basically saying it doesn't even affect their academic achievement. It doesn't even affect it. You know how amazing that is? You don't have, like, you don't have to say that, oh, I'm not a PhD or I'm not a master's degree or I'm not a teacher. I can't effectively teach my child and they won't be able to perform academically better. But this study is showing you that it will. So that if you want to homeschool your child, this ain't an excuse now. No matter what academic level you're on, you're still able to homeschool your child. So don't feel like that's, an, that's a reason not to do it. According to the study, you can do it. You don't have to have a degree or you don't even have to have a certification to teach. You can effectively teach your child effectively and the way to the study higher than the average student for public school. And it says that degree of state control and regulation of whole school is not related to academic achievement because public school education have a lot of rules and regulations to it. And it has nothing related to homeschool. So that's good. Home, home educated students typically score above average on the SAT and ACT tests that colleges consider for admissions. So that goes back to the percentile. Percentile is really related to SAT and SAT scores. So if you have a high enough SAT or ACT score, not only that you'll be able to have access to get into college, you will have a higher chance of getting a college scholarship. So that's going to help you a lot. That's going to really help. Um, homeschool students are increasingly being actively recruited by colleges. Yes, yeah, because they see the benefits. <laughs> That's really what it is. They see the benefits. All right. So next part, they talk about is social, emotional and psychological development. Now, this is what this is a concern I had. Is because I don't want my children to be like socially awkward. And that's why I, I kind of swayed for them going to public school because I wanted them to have that peer interaction. Because how I was when I was in school, I went to public school, but I was socially awkward. I was very shy. I was very quiet. I didn't really want to deal with my peers like that. So I think it's kind of like that to this day. I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily a people person. I kind of just keep to myself a lot of times weird because I've been a professional. I talk a lot. <laughs> um, but I, when it comes to the kids, I love to teach. I love to give away knowledge. I love to do that. But like interacting with like a, the average person, I'm not going to necessarily do that. I'm not going to be entertained in doing so. So that's why I, you know, I don't want my children to be social awkward like I was. And I feel like homeschooling would make that worse. So let's see what they're talking about. Research facts on homeschooling show that the home educators are doing well, typically above average, on measures of social, emotional, and psychological development. Research measures include peer interaction, self-concept, leadership skills, family cohesion, participation in community service, and self-esteem. So technically, according to the study, they become more sociable, socially better. <laughs> 
being at home. Homeschooling gives them better social skills. That's interesting. They give them their social skills is higher being at homeschool. That's that's crazy. Eighty-seven percent of peer-related review studies on social, emotional, psychological development show homeschool students perform statistically significantly better than those in conventional schools. Wow. 87% of peer studies on their development show that they perform better than in regular school. That's crazy. You would think it would be the opposite, but it is not. That's cool. That's so cool. Homeschool students are regularly engaged in social and educational activities outside their homes and with people other than their nuclear family members. They are commonly involved in activities such as field trips, scouting, 4-H political drives, church ministries, sports teams, and community volunteer work. So they don't um so they participate in things outside of the home in order to get their social engagement going. So that's good. And adults who are home education are more politically tolerant than the public school and the limited research done so far. So they haven't researched that much on that one. It's in they're more politically tolerant. So they probably just stick to the politics better or they're more politically aware than public school students. All right, so now they talk about gender differences. Um, some, boy, some think it's boys' energetic natures and tendency to physical expression that can be easily more accommodated in home-based education. Men are concerned that the highly disproportionate number of public school special education students are boys and that boys are 2.5 times as likely as girls in public schools to be diagnosed with ADHD. Now, I have a lot of students that tell me they have ADHD, but they're not even diagnosed. Oh, they're not even diagnosed it. So they basically are not receiving no medication for it or anything. And this is, I have a lot of students that just walk around the class or I, you know, I ask them to take a seat so that, you know, I can create a little bit of balance in the classroom. And it's like they do it. And then like two minutes later, they back up, they back up running around. So I think that they do have a more energetic tendency and it's probably more balanced if they're at home. So I think that's cool. That's cool. All right. Success in the real world. So they're talking about adults who were homeschooled. It says 69% of peer revealed studies on success into adulthood show adults who were home educated succeed and perform statistically significantly better than those who attended institutional schools. So at, even as adults, they statistically do better than their counterparts that were in public education. So they participate in local community service more frequently than does the general population. So they participate in the local community service more, probably because they were able to do that by their family during their time they were homeschooled. These adults vote and attend public meetings more frequently than the general population. They go to and succeed at college at an equal or higher rate than the general populations. And by adulthood, they internalize their beliefs and values of their parents at a high rate. Now that makes sense because they're around their parents more if they're homeschooled. So that makes sense. They sit to their values that their parents taught them. I, um, uh, an example of that is um, Tim Tebow. If you don't know who Tim Tebow is, Tim Tebow was a 
Um, he played for the NFL for a couple of years, but he most more known in college. He was uh, one of the most decorated college athletes of all time. Um, he's known for, you know, his Christian beliefs and all of that stuff. But, you know, his dad was, uh, I think both of his parents were missionaries. And Tim Tebow was homeschooled growing up. So I feel like he his belief system was very, very strong due to the fact of him being homeschooled. And, you know, this, this is a testament that they say they keep the beliefs of their parents. His parents were um, devout Christians, and he is doing the same throughout his career and throughout his life. So it makes sense. Um, but I think that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool that they talked about that for homeschooling. So those are the facts. Through research, through statistics, they tell you that basically if you're considering homeschooling, it is a viable option. And no matter if you are your educational status, no matter what your socioeconomic status is, no matter what your educational status is, it doesn't matter. You can homeschool your kids. If you consider it homeschooling, you should do it. You should consider it because the public education school system is a flawed system. And I'm telling you this, being in the public, public education system as a student and being in one as a teacher, it is a flawed system. So if you want to consider homeschooling, do some do some research about it. Like I just did. You just pick up your phone and research it. Research it. Do it. I feel like that is a valuable option for you. If you wanted to homeschool your child, I don't see an issue. I feel like that's something you should do. You should consider. And if you want your child to avoid racism and really learn about the culture of their people, and I'm speaking to the people in my community especially, if you really want them to learn their culture and not be persuaded to be in a Eurocentric system, I'm speaking to my black folks right now. If you want them to keep them outside of a Eurocentric based system, homeschooling your child will be an option. And I feel like uh, uh, another idea is that, if you know, a community of people that homeschool, like y'all can just make this into a community thing. Like, say, for example, you have. Say you got 10 students, 10 kids and you got, you know, you got 10 kids and you got, you know, their parents. And say, for example, that you homeschool your children and make it into a community thing. So say for saying you just play with your strengths. So say one child, I mean, say one parent is good at math. They can teach math on Monday. What if one parent is very good with art? You can teach art. Uh, you got one one that is very good with um, ELA, um, English and Language Arts. They can teach that. You got somebody that was a former athlete or a former or their yeah, coach. They can do PE. So I feel like you can make this into a community thing. Don't feel like you have to do this by yourself. Ooh, excuse me. Link up with people that know that, that, that like, link up with people that you would think that would consider homeschooling. Don't feel like you have to just homeschool your child as you and the child and that's how you do homeschooling. No, it can be a community thing. I feel like learning by homeschooling and doing homeschooling can help our children in the future, not just the black kids. It could be children from other races and from other cultures. I feel like homeschooling can help y'all help you all too. It can help you. You know, and don't use your socioeconomic status as an excuse. Because according to this website, 
According to that research, low income, middle class, people that are well off, homeschool. Don't use your educational status as an excuse. High school diploma, GD, dropout, masters, PhD, all of them homeschool. So if you really want to do it, put the research in and learn curriculums, study curriculums. My concentration is curriculum and teaching. I plan on doing a whole curriculum-based system for homeschool students so you don't have to feel like you're doing this alone. So I can set that up for you, you know? So if you're really considering homeschooling your child, do it. I don't see a problem with that. All right. That's my time for this podcast today. Make sure you subscribe. If, you know, for YouTube, you're checking this out on YouTube, please give me a like. You know, share it, share clips of it. Please do like spread the word, write a comment. If you, uh, if you wanted me to talk about a specific thing, you had a question about anything, put in the comments. If you're watching on YouTube, you're listening to this at home. Give me a five star review. Please subscribe. Tell a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend about the good father brand podcast. Um, if you wanted to. Talk to me specifically. You had a question about anything and you don't want to put in the comments on YouTube and, you know, anything like that. You know, I have an Instagram page, um, the good father brand. I have an email, the good father brand at gmail.com. I have a podcast. I mean, I have a, um, sorry. I have on, I have a Twitter page, um, the good father brand. Um, uh, yeah, like you can contact me. In any platform, and I will be able to reach you. So that's going to be my time for today. Like I said before, thank you for listening to the Good Father Brand podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, um, for you guys, I will. Um, so I'm going to start doing more YouTube. So you you will be seeing my face more on YouTube. And for the ones that's listening at home or in your car or wherever you at, keep listening. I really appreciate it. Any advice that you have or any topics that you want me to talk about, bring them to me. I can talk all day, although I'm not that much of a super people person, but I can talk all day. All right. That's my time. I'll see y'all later. Peace.